Good morning, and welcome to my podcast on Simple Faith. It's so good to be with you once again. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this privilege, the opportunity to spend time with you. Lord, to lay aside all the cares and concerns of this world, to break away from all the heartache and and all the issues that press upon us, to lay aside thoughts of what we're going to do, that we might focus our focus upon you and you alone. Lord, today, as we spend time with you, may the Holy Spirit once again open our hearts that we would be receptive to your word, that the Holy Spirit would open our minds and give to us understanding of how this word is applicable to us. And then, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would open our lives, that we would be obedient to the things that you show us. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, turn with me to Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21. We're going to begin reading at the 27th verse. But before we get there, uh, let me give to you a little insight as to where we're at in this story. Um, I also want to inform you that I'll be reading out of the Amplified Version of the Bible. So again, if mine sounds a little different from yours, that's the reason why. Uh, Paul had been on a mission. Uh, Paul had been on a journey. He had been traveling days upon days. And his goal, his objective was that he wanted to be in Jerusalem for Passover. And so we're told that he arrives in Jerusalem, and upon arriving in Jerusalem, he gre- he's greeted by the brothers and sisters. And the next day after he had gotten there, uh, Paul went with the brethren to go see James. James, the half-brother of Jesus. James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And after they had greeted one another, Paul began to explain or give a detailed account of the things that God had been doing among the Gentiles through his ministry. And of course, the Jewish believers, those in Jerusalem, uh, James and the others, when they'd heard this, they began to glorify God and praising him. And then they themselves began to testify how many thousands of believers uh, there were among the Jews. And they were all enthusiastic supporters of the law of Moses. And so they said, because of the fact that you are in Jerusalem, because of the fact that we have those who enthusiastically support the law of Moses, we want you to do something. We want you to take four men who have taken a vow and have these men and yourselves purified, and we want you to pay their expenses so that they can shave their heads. And in doing so, then everyone's going to know that there's nothing to the things that they've been told about you, but that you yourself also follow and keep the law. And so they also said, But in regard to the Gentiles who have believed in Jesus Christ, 
We had sent to them a letter with our decision that the only requirements placed upon them is that they abstain from meat sacrificed to idols, from consuming blood, and from eating anything that had been strangled, and from sexual immorality. So Paul does this. He takes the four men, and the next day he purifies himself. Uh, He goes into the temple uh, to give notice of the time when the days of of purification would end. Uh, And then he was going to offer the usual offerings uh, that could be presented on his behalf and their behalf as well. Verse 27. When the seven days required to complete the ritual were almost over, some Jews from the province of Asia Minor caught sight of him in the temple and began to stir up the crowd. And they seized him, shouting, Men of Israel, help us! This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against our people and the law and this place. Let me pause there and say Paul had not done any of those things that he was being accused of doing. He never taught people everywhere against the Jewish ways, against the Jewish traditions, against Jewish laws. He was just saying to the people, to the Gentiles, listen, what we are bound by, you are not. You are not required to be circumcised and to uphold other things that we are required to uphold. Let me continue in the 28th verse. And besides, he has brought Greeks, this is the Jews speaking, he has brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul, and they assumed that he had brought this man into the temple. In other words, he brought him beyond the court of the Gentiles. Gentile believers were allowed at the temple, but they were only allowed in the courtyard area or the area that was the court of the Gentiles. But notice what it says, that these men who were attacking Paul These men who were bringing false accusations assumed they did not have evidence. They didn't know for certain. They just merely assumed because they had seen the two of them together that Paul had brought him into the temple. Look what the cause is. Look what the effect is, I should say, of what they assumed. Verse 30, then the whole city was provoked and confused And the people rushed together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the gates were closed. Assumption led to uh, provocation, which also led to confusion. People didn't know what was going on. They heard a lot of clamor. They wanted to be a part of things, and so they rose and, and they ran to the noise. And seeing Paul and hearing his name, they grab him and drag him out of the temple, not knowing why. Verse 31, now while they were trying to kill him, see, they didn't just drag him out. They wanted to kill him again without knowing why. 
Now while they were trying to kill him, word came to the commander of the Roman garrison that all Jerusalem was in a state of upheaval. So he immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down among them. When the people saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came up and arrested Paul. Why would he arrest Paul? Paul had not done anything. Paul was the man who was being beaten. Wouldn't you really arrest the people who were doing the harm, doing the beating? But instead, this man comes and he arrests Paul, verse 33, and ordered that he be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. But some in the crowd were shouting one thing and others something else. See, they didn't know what they were doing. And since he could not determine the facts because of the uproar, he, meaning the leader of the, uh, the commander of those that had come to uh, settle the situation, he ordered that Paul be taken to the barracks in the tower of Atonia. Verse 35. When Paul got to the steps, he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the majority of the people kept following them, shouting, Away with him! Kill him! Again, they did so without knowing what harm Paul had done, other than they heard the clamor, the noise of people who thought that Paul had brought a Greek, a Gentile, into the temple area. Verse 37 says, Just as Paul was about to be taken into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? And the man replied, Do you know Greek? Then you are not, as I assumed. Again, here's that indication. I assumed. I didn't have proof. I didn't have evidence. I just assumed that you were the Egyptian, verse 38, who some time ago stirred up a rebellion and led those 4,000 men of the the uh, assassins out to the wilderness. Verse 39, Paul said, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no insignificant city, and I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. When the commander had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, gestured with his hand to the people. And then when there was a great hush, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialect. Paul found common ground. Paul looked for a way, not just with the people, who were wanting to persecute him, but with the commander and also with the Jewish brethren in Jerusalem, he sought common ground. And friends, when you and I encounter people, especially those who are hostile toward us or toward the message of our Lord Jesus Christ, It is imperative that we seek to find common ground with them. It reminds me of the time when I was in college and 
there were a group of uh, my classmates. I was new to uh, Mount Vernon, Nazarene University, and uh, it was within the first days of our classes together. And there were a group of uh, students standing around, about three or four of them. And so I walked up and I kind of listened to the conversation. And then I joined in uh, with what they were saying, not really knowing who they were, but trying to find with them common ground. And and one of my dear friends, Ted Hambrick, said to me, you know, that's why I became friends with you, because you found common ground and you connected with us even though you didn't know us. And so it is in our relationship and our walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He, in his ministry, found common ground with the people. And we, as his disciples, ought to do likewise. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Most of all, thank you for Jesus, whose shed blood has made it possible for us to come to a right relationship with you. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for each person listening to this podcast. I pray a blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey friends, so good to be with you once again. I look forward to our time together again tomorrow. Would you do me a favor as always? Would you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Would you also tweet this out, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, however you can best share this message? Would you do that for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ? God bless.